0: At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Well, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Rick Villanueva and Tyler Shepard ask if Amy Hennig's Star Wars game will be Project Ragtag again.
0: I really hope so, and according to some video game leakers online, I don't remember their names. I'll uh, try to put them up or link to them in the description. But yeah, they're, they're saying that it's going to be Project Ragtag. They're just picking that video game up where it left off when it was canceled back in 2017.
1: Yeah, I think that makes the most sense because after reading about this game a little bit on Wikipedia, it's it's got a very detailed past and it sounded like they did a ton of work on it and just couldn't, it just couldn't work out. So I feel like it just makes sense that yes, this is going to be the same idea, same game Because so much work already has gone into it.
0: I hope so. It sounded really cool. I I didn't know a whole lot about it. We read the same Wikipedia article just to refresh my memory. But Amy Hennig is responsible or partly responsible for the Uncharted games, which I love to death. Uh, Like I've said many times before, this is just like my favorite type of video game. Narrative-driven action-adventure. I assume third-person action-adventure, that one little gameplay demo that they showed. Uh, was kind of an over the shoulder thing. So I think that maybe after the success of Fallen Order, they were like, yeah, there was a market for this. And Amy Hennig is like, hello, I'm <laughs> at a new studio now. I had done all this work. Like, we can finish this. So that's, yeah. I-, I hope that rumor is true.
1: Yeah. It's like Uncharted is very like piratey. Kind of like Indiana Jones, but also one
0: game is piratey,
1: also a little bit like heist movie, Ocean's Eleven kind of kind of all that kind of stuff mixed together.
0: Um, that's what the Wikipedia article said, right? That it would be a heist, Ocean's Eleven style heist,
1: Mm -hmm. which I love. And another part of the article mentioned that the EA executives that were there at the time not they didn't they weren't loving the idea of having a game like that come out that didn't involve the force didn't have lightsabers like it wasn't star wars enough so we got that with fallen order now give us something else
0: yeah i'm so glad that lucasfilm games is a thing now it just it sounded like that was a case of there are so many cooks in this kitchen Too many cooks. Uh, Visceral Games was reporting to EA directly above them, who was reporting to Lucasfilm, who was reporting to Disney. And so now, oh, and also the Lucasfilm part of that equation was not a gaming-specific thing. Mm -hmm. So now it's like we have Lucasfilm Games, a a group that understands gaming, uh, and Amy Hennig can report directly for them. Sure, I I bet Disney is still involved, overseeing some things, but I feel like hopefully Lucasfilm Games is going to help streamline Star Wars gaming, where it just, you know, Star Wars gaming felt like it was barely there mm-hmm. from 2015 until, I mean, even now, it's still like, I, I adore Fallen Order, but that's like a bright shining light, <laughs> where we used to get multiple games a year, and now it's like one every so often.
1: Yeah, like, Lucasfilm Games being in charge of this makes it feel more like, by fans for fans kind of thing like there's no executive like where's the lightsabers (laughs) this isn't star wars with no lightsabers right
0: and just knowing how much variety we're getting down the pipeline we got an rts game we got a first person shooter we've got probably two action adventure games uh assuming that the fallen order 2 announcement is coming soon as well hopefully they have a big gaming uh panel At celebration, Mm -hmm. because I definitely want to see some Fallen Order stuff. But like Molly, you proposed that like, hey, they just announced this new game. Maybe they're going to show something off at celebration. Maybe it's a little farther along than we think, especially considering they had done some work on it already.
1: Yeah, because they since they did just make the announcement that Amy Hennig was working on something like kind of close to celebration. I was like, maybe they'll have an announcement there and show us a little bit. More about the game.
0: Yeah. There's like six games in development now, which that's that feels so much better <laughs> than uh the years leading up until now.
1: Alex Ford and Mitchell Mueller both want to know if James Earl Jones will voice Darth Vader in Obi Wan Kenobi.
0: I assume so. And and Mitchell threw out the idea that like, what if they do the the Luke style voice, the computer generated voice? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want that. I I I'm gonna assume James Earl Jones is coming back yeah they have to let him rest someday but he he showed up for Rogue one and the rise of Skywalker it, it was only a handful of lines but still Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful
1: I am too i I think you know as long as he's around and down to reprise the the voice role which like you said he has in the past I don't see why he wouldn't come back for this but like you said about the computer generated voice at least for vader you know with the mask and everything it would sound a lot more real the the cadence would probably uh be a little more normal sounding because you've got the effects Mm -hmm. from the mask
0: i agree i think they could get away with it uh more easily with darth vader but I'm still like, that's not the route I want you to go. They don't it,
1: have as much like pre-recorded voice work for Vader as they <laughs> did when they used uh, Mark Hamill's voice, too. That is
0: true. Like You only have lines from Star Wars. And I wonder how that works, where if they could take James Earl Jones's voice and recreate that and then run it through the Vader filters or whatever... I guess that's possible, but
1: we gotta see what audiobooks James Earl Jones has done. <laughs> right. And see if any of those words make sense in Star Wars.
0: <laughs> so I'm hopeful it's gonna be him, but if it's not, there are plenty of impersonators as well who can come in, you know, with all the filters going on, it's like uh they can they can do fine with another voice. I'd rather them have someone actually delivering lines than like, we're gonna use this computer generated voice thing for everyone. <laughs>
1: What do you think about Hayden Christensen taking a crack at it?
0: Sure, I I don't know if that would work. Like, I would be cool with it if they do something like they did in Rebels, where they mixed. Mm-hmm. Ja- oh yeah, and James Earl Jones did Vader in Rebels. Uh, they mixed uh, Matt Lanter's voice with James Earl Jones. That was sick.
1: Which if- is what I really hoped they were gonna do with Ahsoka, but that's a different story.
0: <laughs> if they did that with live action Anakin if his you know I'd be okay with them repeating that story beat (laughs) Mm -hmm. if Obi-Wan cuts half his mask off and he he delivers lines as a mixture I, I think I would still be excited about that
1: Eli Sutherland asks what we think about Liam Neeson saying he would only come back to Star Wars in a film.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> sure, Liam, sure.
1: That's a it's a bold statement.
0: Uh-huh. This is very much uh, Andrew Garfield all over again. Like, hey, Andrew, are you going to be in the new Spider-Man movie? He's like, well, I don't know. Or Obi-Wan, for that matter. Like, hey, Ewan, are you going to do another Star Wars thing? I'm just waiting on the call. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I do not believe him for a second.
1: Yeah, I don't either, especially because he recently showed up in a TV show Yeah, for a cameo.
0: That's that's the line that I feel like he went too far with it. He's like, you know, I'm kind of a snob when it comes to TV. And I'm like, (laughs) BS, you've been in television. You voiced Qui-Gon for the Clone Wars. Like, come on, Liam.
1: That's him saying, all right, I better see a lot of zeros on that paycheck.
0: (laughs) I don't think it is. I think he's just trying to deflect and be like, "Oh no, no, I'm not going to be an Obi-Wan. I'm I'm just doing my own thing." Maybe it's it's too late for him to negotiate anything no, now. <laughs> no, I know.
1: But it, maybe it's still a little bit of both. Like, I'm only doing this because it's got such a big budget, but mm-hmm.
0: um I, th- I, I I think I, if they can convince him to come back for the Clone Wars, they can convince him to come back for a a live action like we're going to see you as a Force Ghost again. Maybe in flashbacks. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Especially, you know, with technology, they could have, you know, sent him a green screen to his house and just had him film with that. And they could have just like taken that footage and plopped him into the show. Like he wouldn't have even had to go in studio. I think he probably would have wanted to being the snob that he is, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I bet he'd snobbily want to (laughs) go see the volume and work on that. Mm -hmm. We're all just joking about him being a snob just because I think he was lying about that.
1: Yeah, we're we're using his own words. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I just don't want people to think we actually think Liam Neeson's a snob.
1: No, but I, I do hope that this is him deflecting and just trying to be coy.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's part of me is just wishful thinking like, no, Qui-Gon, I'm in denial. Like Qui-Gon's definitely going to be a Obi wan Kenobi. And I'm going to think that until credits roll on the final episode uh, if I don't see him. But I think
1: he's going to be in it. Eli is do or do not seven wants to know if we could see Han or Chewie on Tatooine in Kenobi.
0: I really doubt it. But but Solo does take place one year before Obi-Wan Kenobi. And when we last saw them, they were heading to Tatooine to work for Jabba
1: the Hutt. That would be if they got like Alden Ehrenreich back to do a cameo in this as Han, that would be insanely cool. I I don't want to get my hopes up, but, oh, man.
0: I totally agree, but I would want it to be very uh, minimal. Like, I would want Obi-Wan to go to Chalman's Cantina, and we don't even, like, linger on him and Chewie. Like, Han and Chewie are at their booth in the background, and it's like, we know enough to know that's Alden. Um,
1: They would give him a line or something.
0: Sure. Like, if they bump into each other, and he's like, watch it, old man, like, that's That's towing a line for me where it's like,
1: ooh, you kind know, of
0: unnecessary, but it would be fun,
1: you know it would be great, a great way to bring him in is that obi-wan's in the cantina having a drink super chill, and he overhears a conversation where Han is talking about the Kessel run and blah 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 because then a new in a new hope he gives him that face, uh-huh. like mm-hmm. of course he did, uh-huh. yeah, okay.
0: obi-wan rolls his eyes, yeah.
1: Like, we've heard it before, buddy. Everyone in this cantina has heard it before.
0: Like, <laughs> like all these ideas are fun. I don't really think they should do it because I think it would feel like the Ponda Baba, Dr. Evazon moment in Jeddah, where they, they bump shoulders and we focus on them just to be like, hey, remember them? Mm-hmm. It's a little different because it's Han Solo, but unless he is going to factor into the story somehow, uh, I don't think he should do that. In any big way.
1: I don't know. It, I I would be fine with it either way. The only way that I would not be okay with it is if it's like a completely like, de-aged Harrison Ford computer animated person.
0: Totally agree. Stick with Alden. Especially considering how close this is in the timeline mm-hmm. to, to Solo.
1: But, you know, with it being just six episodes... Who knows what all they're going to be able to fit into this show that isn't directly related to Obi-Wan. Yeah,
0: that's. I, I think they should keep a streamlined story. I'm sure there are going to be surprise characters and cameos, but Han is kind of going a little too far, in my opinion.
1: Andrew Kylo Ren asks, what our favorite obscure reference or Easter egg has been so far in Lego Star Wars?
0: I've got two, so I'll I'll go first and then let you go and I'll go again. Uh, the first one that popped into my head is Max Rebo being basically the same as he is in the Robot Chicken special. <laughs> I just, I need to. I've been meaning to go back to our stream where we unlocked him and uh, clip it out and put it into a TikTok or something. Just because my jaw dropped when he started speaking mm-hmm. and he was just like old timey jazz dude. Got to get to the gig. And I was like, I love this. I can't believe this is the voice they went with. <laughs> I'm the real jam man. I'm not the groovy kind. I got a hot geek to get over on the planet in a boot, but I can't seem to poke my head out without someone trying to take it off. Mm-hmm. I do not consider it canon or whatever. I just consider it absolutely fun, and I love him.
1: Oh, I just thought of another one for, Okay, then for we'll,
0: we'll go back and forth.
1: There. So the first one I thought of was uh, in Jakku in The Force Awakens, there is a little Lego piece that's shaped like the little scrap of metal that she uses that... Ray uses as like a little sled down the sand hill in the very beginning of the movie. And there's that in the game and you can ride it down the hill and it's like so cute.
0: Well, you can ride it. I found out what it was because I was BB-8 running around destroying everything and I could not destroy this one thing. And I was like, wait a minute. I bet this is a sled, but BB-8 can't ride it. So I had to make you come back up the hill <laughs> to get in it. Like two of these little things and I can't. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. <gasps>
1: Okay. Bye. I don't even have to press anything. This is the best thing ever.
0: Um, <laughs> my second one is actually a deep cut. Uh, on Yavin 4, there is a room where you can solve a puzzle and uh, it, it references the Ordu Aspectu, which is from the Dr. Aphra comics. And uh, she and her father are seeking this like ancient lost civilization and the temples on Yavin 4 point the way and they have to solve a puzzle there. So I was like, whoa, that's a deep comic cut that I wasn't expecting to see in this game.
1: That's a good one. Uh, I, th- there's probably so many other ones that I'm missing. I'd have to look at a list and be reminded of some of the stuff that I, we've probably I say seen.
0: That I think I'm going to put together a video of like our top 10 favorite obscure things in Lego Star Wars because there, there have been a lot of fun, very deep cut things.
1: Yeah. And the only other one that I thought of—it's—it's it's another just like little piece of the of your surroundings that you could recognize is in Jabba's palace. They have a couple of the like little wind chimes. Oh yeah. Coming down the stairs. Uh, so when Leia's sneaking in as Bosh, uh, she like bumps into a wind chime, and they had that in the level, and I was like, oh,
0: yeah, nice little detail. And then
1: I destroyed it <laughs> for bits or for studs. Whatever they're bits on to YouTube questions. Matthew Kelly asks if Ben Solo ever met Kira
0: So this is coming off of the Crimson Rain comics right now because Kira is associated with the Knights of Ren So is there any way that Ben would have met Kira through them? Uh, I really doubt it (laughs) we're first of all gonna have to wait and see how the uh, comics wind up I'm scared for Kira frankly um but also we know that ben did not meet the knights of ren until much much later in his life while he was w- with luke uh and kira wasn't around then as far as we know so no i don't think uh ben ever met his father's ex-girlfriend
1: <laughs> were any of the knights of ren the same people that we see later
0: yes uh i believe Oh, uh, which one is grenade face uh he's there's that ushar i can't remember which is which made face (laughs) yeah he's he has a face with like a bunch of
1: blocks i i got it
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh he's still there uh rin their original leader is there um and there are a couple more but there are also some different ones which i think is a fun touch
1: i was just trying to think of like how different the group had been that long ago versus what we see in the force awakens
0: they definitely cycle some some members out i bet some die uh in the coming issue actually this coming wednesday is the issue where they uh rob vader's castle (laughs) and i can't imagine that going great for them
1: (laughs) yeah no i don't think they've ever met um but if they ever did meet i would love to see what that conversation was like like I got some stories about your dad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would have said that uh, Leia and Kira never met until recently also. So there's definitely room for it somehow. Uh, But right now I'm going to say no.
1: Michael Caddick wants to know if Sidious started working on Exegol before the rise of the Empire.
0: I don't know. I mean, he did start the Death Star before the Empire. He didn't start Starkiller Base until afterwards. Uh, He just seemed like he had a lot of uh, things going at the same time. I mean, he's probably a pretty good multitasker, but I I feel like he didn't start on Exegol until after he got things settled in the known galaxy.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say maybe he did know about it and was starting to do stuff there just because I feel like that would have been a place that he would have known about Already and yeah. like heard legend of maybe
0: I think he knew about it. I don't know that he had. Ba- I'm I'm thinking basically about his fleet of star destroyers. Mm. Um, that that's what I'm thinking about when I think of Exegol and when he started work there. He's like, all right, I got my Death Star going, mm-hmm. got my Star Killer base going. Uh, now I need to start on my fleet of planet killing star destroyers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think at that point before the. The Rise of the Empire. Maybe he had gone there, you know, done some scouting, maybe bought a plot of land. <laughs> yeah, from uh,
0: some Sith real estate agent.
1: Yeah, he's like, this is where I will build my...
0: Oh, this uh, big cube building. You're going to love this big cube building. So much space for super weapons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But, like, also just the fact that he collected so much, so many, like, historical artifacts and stuff like that we see in his office... I feel like he would know the history behind Exegol and just, even if he hadn't been there, maybe had that in the back of his mind, like, that's where I'm going to retire.
0: Yeah. So we don't know the timeline on Exegol right now. My just assumption is that he waited until after he was emperor. And then he's like, now I've got all the time in the world.
1: (laughs) Some people go to Florida to retire (laughs) and some people go to Exegol's. Headbod asks, what would happen in the Ninth Jedi if a Sister or someone who didn't believe in the Force wielded one of those lightsabers?
0: I wanted to bring this up because uh, there's another leak rumor going around. Our friend Jordan Maison is saying that Star Wars Visions 2 is on the way, uh, which makes sense to me. A lot of those animated projects, they just go ahead and renew them for multiple seasons because animation takes so long anyway, and I am... Excited about that, hoping for the ninth Jedi 2 or the 10th Jedi or whatever they're going to call it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Didn't they announce like something, part of a panel that they were going to talk about visions at Celebration?
0: Not that I'm aware of, but I haven't super kept up to my, on my panel updates.
1: I I imagine if it does come up at Celebration, it's because there is a season two that they want to announce. And
0: they'll probably drop it all in one day again in September or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Ninth Jedi was my favorite one of the original run of those shorts. And uh, I loved the idea that, you know, holding the lightsaber would change its color based on your own attitudes in the Force. So if you weren't Force sensitive, I guess I kind of like the idea that it doesn't turn on. Hmm.
1: Maybe that's like a a fail safe on the lightsabers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That in this world, in this version of the Star Wars universe, uh, you cannot... Use a lightsaber if you're not force sensitive.
1: Well, the, didn't they also in that episode? There was one that was like translucent, wasn't fully on.
0: Right. It well, it was uh the main characters. I can't remember her name right now, but hers was not very strong in the force, and then it like over time, over the episode, yeah, gained its strength.
1: So maybe they'd be able to use it like with no color. Like basically like a training saber mm. um, just wouldn't have all the benefits.
0: Yeah. And I had kind of forgotten about that, that she goes through that little process of, oh, I guess my power connection to the force isn't that strong right now. And her father's like, it'll come in time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like the idea that no connection to the force won't turn on, but that you can develop your connection and you can use a lightsaber if you mm. work at it.
1: Different levels for different people. <laughs>
0: if it were someone like a Night Sister, like another Force user, I just think it depends on what kind of Force you're using. And Night Sisters tend to use the dark side, so I just assume it would be a Red Blade.
1: Yeah, if like a super evil person picked it up, it's going to turn into that big uh, umbrella spinning one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just automatically. Yeah. We're going to bring another Star Wars vision into it. Mm
1: hmm. Bartek Kubica wants to know what Star Wars food we want to try.
0: I have a few answers. I'm, g- I'm going to start with uh, roast nuna. That's the one that, that. I mean, it's basically just turkey, but I'd like to see, or chicken. Yeah. I want to see what it's like.
1: Yeah. Uh, polystarch and veg meat.
0: That's, I knew you were going to say that. And it's, I, I, w- I want to agree, I want to try polystarch.
1: It's like probably the one of the most terrible foods in Star Wars because it's literally like in these plastic ration cases, but it's like water activated and it, it looks like it would be just kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want to try it.
0: Oh yeah. I just want to see it work. Yeah. Uh, and see if it lives up to the hype. It probably doesn't. Like you said, they're, they're garbage rations. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Ooh, I'll- there's also some noodles that keep coming up in the high Republic.
0: Oh yeah, the noodle cart. Yeah, in a mission to disaster.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I can't remember if they explained more about what they tasted like or what they were like, but th- they've come up multiple times. So also those noodles.
0: We have tried a hose or chowder out of a hose, so that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I that feel like it. we didn't do that recipe justice. Uh, I think I w- I would try that if we were on Trask.
1: It just needed more seasoning.
0: Yeah. And but probably a, it, some more competent cooks. It
1: was, a, it was a lot. There was a lot to do There was for a that lot
0: going on. And you'd think that adding two more arms would be helpful, and it wasn't.
1: Yeah. Check out our April Fool's Day video. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel.
1: Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.
0: And as always, thanks for watching, and may the force be with you. The Jeep Wrangler 4xe, it's electrified. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie up a mountain, over creeks, or boogie, woogie, woogie through a desert where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie, woogie, woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out. When they say no, you boogie, woogie, woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of anti-venom and boogie, woogie, woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4xe. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.